No, so really, I'm sitting there, and he's kind of looking at me like, yo, you owe me something. And I'm like, bro, you had a team of five. Yes, you guys did contracted, financed seven hours worth of install work, but I'm not going to give you by yourself. The whole rest of the team's gone. I'm not give you a $20 bill. Like, well, that don't make any sense. Like, I just spent five figures, which I assume includes your labor. Why are you hanging out here? Like 35 random questions and then standing there awkwardly. Like you're not a valet at a hotel. What are we doing? Cross the Streams Podcast. We're back here today. Today's subject, we're talking gratuity. We're talking tips. We're talking additional monetary compensation for jobs performed. I'll give you a story of how I got into this. I want to deep dive the history of paying a gratuity uh, and just really do an all-encompassing look at why do we give tips across the streams. So if you couldn't tell from my earlier story that intro the episode, I was struggling. Kelly and I both, my wife and I, were struggling with the do's and don'ts and the who and who nots of tipping, of gratuity service. So our air conditioner slash furnace went out. And it seems like our house is in the end game of its existence because literally in the last six months, I think the roof, the fence, the garage door, the refrigerator, the dishwasher, the oven... And now the air conditioning slash furnace has either needed repair or needed to be replaced completely. Like we're just hitting the 15-year age of the house and it's not even dog years. It feels like it's aging in Gandalf years. It's it's ridiculous. But we spent a pretty penny and pretty penny and financed a brand new air conditioner outside unit and furnace inside unit. Don't if you're out there and you're a handy man, handy person that thinks I got screwed over in the deal, then Feel free the next time I have an issue to come over and fix it for me. But it was 105 degrees in Salem. And I needed air conditioning in my house. So whatever Austin from the company said to me, I was going to go with. Anyway, uh, install happened a couple days ago. And it was a team of five. Team of five people came out, worked their butts off all day. No doubt they're sweating. It's hot out. They had to take out all equipment, install brand new equipment. They were in the crawl space underneath the house. They were in the attic. They were everywhere. There's no doubt the people worked hard. At the end of the day, you know, it's like five o'clock maybe. It's been a long day of them working. Everything's done. And of the five, only one person is left to sort of walk us through the job and what had happened. And so, you know, we get through the basics. Like, here's how you use your your wall unit. Yeah, good. We can press buttons like an iPad. Here's what your outside unit looks like. Great. Here's the inside unit. And we made very clear that everything you're telling us better be in a manual on YouTube because we're probably not going to remember, even though I'm taking everything you say about maintenance of this brand new monstrosity as Bible. Now, we get done with that conversation. Everything's been fine. We use our words in a handshake. Thank you very much for the job. And then there's a really awkward scenario in my garage where said service person, leader of a team of five, stands there. And I get the feeling, like many of you probably have at hotels or taking, uh, getting your luggage loaded for you at a hotel or at the airport, the person is, ex- I felt like, Kelly and I both did, that the person was expecting a tip. And I wasn't about to do it. And that's not because I don't believe in tipping. I think I do believe in tipping. But I, I felt like, man, this was a crew effort. I know labor was line-itemed out in the deal that I financed. I know you guys are getting compensated. I don't know if it's fair or not. I'm not that big of a, 
uh, expert in terms of air conditioner and furnace uh, installation, but I'm not, I don't know how I would even go about tipping this person. Because if I give him $10, what happens to the other four people that worked? So we didn't do anything. And it, le it felt really awkward. I don't think he left very happy. But it led me to think about tipping, the concept of giving gratuity in all the places we interact with it in American culture. And I know throughout my 43 years of existence, I think in the beginning of my life as a consumer, actually with my own purchasing power, um, it was something that, you know, I was very cognizant of, how do you do this? What's the right amount to tip? I remember watching my parents. I don't know if some of you with your families out there and, and when they get together or close friends, the parents, my parents' generation, they're in their 70s, were all very much trying to, one, steal the bill, steal the bill from everyone else. Try saying that fast, steal the bill. Uh, take it and pay for everything themselves. Or... The people that they were out with or family members were like, hey, okay, I will let you pay for this, but we're leaving the tip. Or I remember my dad often giving Kane and I a 5 or a $10 bill to run back and leave it on the table for the server. So from a very young age, I have memories of tipping and gratuity. Um, even going through my adulthood, I'm notorious. I don't know if this is right or wrong, and, and we'll get into some of the studies I found online. I'm notorious for if, the let's say, the bill is $47.15, I'm going to tip to finish at a round number. So if it's 47.15, I might tip 685 because I want to end at an even 55 or 65. You know, that math probably isn't right, but I want to end. And my wife's always like, why do you think these people want 66 cents and change? I said, well, I don't, I don't know if I necessarily care about that, but I really like spending an even 50 and not 49.88. I, I don't know why that is. Um, but that's even in circumstances now where the gratuity or the tip isn't baked in. You know, a lot of us go out to restaurants now, depending on the size of your party or the size of your bill, you'll see the gratuity baked in. And that comes up with Uber, that comes up with DoorDash, Uber Eats, all the things, Lyft, all the things we all do. Do we leave a tip? Um, and it's even awkward at Dutch Bros where they have to ask you because it's a drive up and Dutch Bros ask you, would you mind leaving me a tip? And there's a button you can press. And sometimes you say yes and sometimes you say no. It's a whole thing. So that's why I wanted to dedicate this episode to deep diving, tipping, and gratuity. And, I, and I'll let you generate conversations with your people that are around you listening or after you listen to this. that will go down the, the rabbit holes of how you do it, how you deal with it. You know. But I want to get into some facts about it. So coming up, we're going to start with the history of gratuity. All right, as we go into the history of gratuity, whenever we go into these different categories today, I'm going to try to make sure I give the proper credit or cite the proper resources that I'm using. So if you just go to yourdictionary.com, you get the definition of tipping is or gratuity is a sum of money given to someone who provides service or a favor as a way to show graciousness or thankfulness. Is it, you know, it says an example of a gratuity is a tip left for a server at a restaurant. Um, secondary definitions, an additional charge placed for services rendered, a favor or gift in the form of money given in return for service, or a payment provided freely without obligation. So that's from yourdictionary.com. But what I really wanted, found interesting in my hour to two hours researching for the episode today is a little bit of the history okay so i found on go to wikipedia you can do this work yourself i'm gonna credit a lot of wikipedia today so we can take that with whatever certainty you buy into wikipedia right don't forget wikipedia also now in order to properly fund wikipedia wants you to give a dollar's worth of knowledge take a minute to donate and tip us right so it's everywhere um tipping goes back uh, really in England, the Tudor dynasty, 
Okay. Medieval times, tipping was, quote, a master serf custom, wherein a servant would receive extra money for having performed superbly well. Now, fast forward to the 17th century a little bit. Overnight guests to private homes used to provide sums of money, known as veils, to the host's servants. So a rich person staying at a rich person's house, the guest rich person pays a little bit to the rich person's servants. Um, after that, getting closer to the 18th century, London coffee houses. Customers started tipping at the coffee houses. Um, it got brought over here to America, like a lot of good and awful things, if we think about the colonial era, the colonization of America, uh, in the 1850s and 1860s, specifically by Americans who wanted to seem aristocratic. Okay, um, until the early 20th century, it was kind of inconsistent according to what we're finding in the history, because um, you know there was a lot of debate about so in between social status and social classes, who should be tipping, and then with of course classism, should I tip inferiors? What is that saying about me and my level, my existing clout when I tip somebody below that? So all awful things, as most history I think we're finding in the 22nd century is rooted in some terrible stereotypes and isms. Um, actually, six states in America passed laws that made tipping illegal. There was actually enforcement of anti-tipping law divisions of law enforcement. Uh, I think 1909, Washington passed the law. And I don't think the last one was even repealed. These are, you can't tip illegal laws to get you in trouble. It wasn't even repealed until 1926. Um, you know, I, I think as you then go forward in the history, you get debates about this whole concept of not paying them anything and letting them live on tips carried over actually from slavery. Uh, the anti-tipping movement spread to Europe with the support of the labor movement, which led to the eventual abolition of customary tipping in most European cities. Um, as proprietors regarded tips as equivalent to bribing an employee to do something that was otherwise forbidden, um, like tipping a waiter to get an extra portion of food. However, once prohibition hit the United States in 1919 and had an enormous impact on hotels and restaurants revenue streams, um, from the you know not being able to sell beer and alcohol, any spirits of any kind, that financial pressure is really credited with welcoming back tips. You know what, we need money, we're going to get over all of our isms and classisms, uh, and we're just going to be able to tip a little bit more because we can't get the revenue from selling booze. It's crazy, right? Um, you know, so that's a little bit of the background in the United States. Um, now, this the like a lot of things. I think a lot of us in America, me included, I can be st stated as guilty of this being in our American bubble. You don't realize that some of our expectations around tipping are not universal to the globe. Okay, um, that's some of that's in the in the Wikipedia article, but also there's a great uh, testimonial from August 12, 2018 on weekends.sunstar.com written by Rachel Arendilla. Weekend.sunstar.com, August 12, 2018. It's called The Tipping Conundrum. And she does a great job. She lays out a narrative of how some of her most awkward moments as a tourist here in America came at dinners with international students. Okay, so obviously, you know, let's say they all get food. The American gives the standard 20% tip, she writes. Then she describes how the German, who's lived in the U.S. for several years, still looks at the bill, shakes his head with surprise, like it's his first time encountering this, and still with a little bit of disgust because it's not commonplace. 
The Indonesian foreign exchange student modestly whispers, how much is the standard for this kind of restaurant? Should it be 10, 15, 20? There's a debate about what's the appropriate number. Um, the Israeli that she was eating with fumed and asked to talk to management. Why would they put their gratuity automatically in his bill? Plus, since it's a buffet, we picked up the food ourselves. Why are we paying for a tip? Uh, the Japanese student in the, in the, in the group of diners uh, already took out his credit card, paid for everything, even the recruiting charge, and told everybody to calm down. Now she writes, nothing is more defining of American culture than the tipping culture. The tipping culture connects perfectly to a lot of things that are considered very American and tied directly to, can we get immediate results right away, that mindset for Americans. Um, and the immediate results also must be doled out with great and prompt customer service. Um, you know, in the rest of the world, she details in here, there's a service charge like in Europe or, or Russia. Some cultures just round up the bill. Uh, well, there's other some even more complicating tipping cultures, like in the Philippines or Thailand. Um, and then you get to East Asia, China, Japan, and tipping is just rude. Um, servers will actually run after you to return the spare change you left on the table. So it's, it's another one of those, I guess it doesn't really answer my conundrum, but it gives you a little bit of the history of this section of where gratuity sprang from and the fact that I'm not the only one confused by it because across the globe, our cultures and our different societies have different views of it. We'll be back next to talk about some do's and don'ts that supposedly we should all follow. All right, we're back with our deep dive into gratuity. Uh, there's a little bit of science in the next couple of sections. Um, there's a little bit of uh, suggestions based on some CNBC recommendations and bankrate.com. But let me talk about a little study. Um, because I think when I was younger, I probably associated like, hey, we should give that server, he or her or they, we should give them a good tip because they were prompt, they were polite, all our food was correct. I mean, I'm obviously going directly to food ordering. Um, and there's plenty of other scenarios where you're supposed to tip that I didn't learn about till later in life. But like we're associating consistent and tip size, tip large tip size with the quality of the service assessed. And was that factual? And I know that I think that's how Cass and Rhonda operate. And it's probably a little bit how I operated in the beginning, even though now I think, like I mentioned before, I'm just rounding up to an even number um, and assuming I'm getting, you know, $5 looks bad. So I'll put eight. I, I don't know. But I found a study. It's called The Gratitude and Gratuity, a meta-analysis of research on the service tipping relationship. This is done by Michael Lynn and Michael McCall. A uh, study was issued in the beginning of the 21st century. You can find some of this uh, at Cornell's library. Okay, so I figure Cornell, Ivy League, should be a smart one. Um, it's actually from the School of Hotel Administration, the Johnson College Business of uh, Johnson College of Business. So their findings, and I'm not going to read everything to you, but I will tell you, um, they studied 20 over 2,500 dining parties, so groups of folks eating dinner at over 20 different restaurants. Okay, so they found, consistent with theories about equity motivation and the economic functions of tipping, there was, hear that again, there was a small, I mean a positive and statistically significant relationship between tip size and service evaluation. So they found some relationship between we felt good about the service we were given and that may have led to us giving more. However, they, the studies that they did, 2,500 dining parties at 20 different relate. Uh, restaurants 
also found that the relationship they discovered, the statistical correlation or causation number, was smaller than they originally went into theorizing. So there's a confounding effect of customer mood and patronage free frequency. So what? How did you arrive? How did you? How, what mood were you in eating? And how often do you come to this particular place? Um, and is there some server favoritism? Like that is Annie, or that is Josiah. That is my favorite server. Therefore, I will give more. They tried to examine all these, but found insufficient explanation between some of them. Um, the end of the day, they find that tippers are concerned about equitable economic relationships with servers, but not strong enough um, to kind of override the incentive of getting good service. So I, I know it's a lot of gobbledygook, and sometimes I know the razor... A razor I looked up on Twitter said, if you lose a, a lot of verbose language, you're probably covering up for the fact you don't really understand the topic. So I'm going to summarize with the clear knowledge that Mr. Lin and Mr. McCall might call me out on this. I think they went in expecting to find quality service as the main driver of a larger tip. And what they found was more factors. Do I know the server? Do I frequent this restaurant a lot? How do I feel about the inequities between where I am financially and where this server I perceive to be? They found a lot more things that could be playing a role, none of which stood as the direct driver. Okay, so for anybody out there that you know that might say, oh, I always tip only good based upon the quality of service. There's not a lot of scientific backing for that person. They may be an outlier, but that's not how we all usually do it. Now, moving on from just science back, let's get into some suggestions and see how some of these suggestions from folks that you know study business service industry um, a lot. See how this jives with what, how you go about things. Okay, here's a study from 2017, and then I'm going to follow up with another one from 2021. So 2017, Berkeley Loveless Jr. published on CNBC.com. Okay, some findings about rules around uh, tipping, a tipping sweet spot. Um, according to a study from CreditCards.com that he quotes, is 16 to 20 percent. Um, men tend to be more generous restaurant tippers than women, but women are better and more generous in terms of amount they give percentage-wise when it comes to hotel housekeeping, baristas, and hairstylists. I mean, I'm making, you know, me. Everybody knows I'm Starbucks addict, Starbucks loyalist. I know I do not tip every time on the mobile app. I know I try to tip twice a week, but I probably, it's like a dollar, so I should probably tip more, but that speaks to my wife. When she does tip, it's larger, so that speaks to the baristas. 20% and above is considered generous. Um, only half of restaurant tippers fall within that 16 to 20 sweet spot. Um, this is from a study of 1,000 adults who use cash, credit, or debit cards. Um, U.S., listen to this, U.S. Republican men who live in the Northeast and use credit or debit cards are the most generous tippers. Let me say that again. U.S. Republican men in the northeast of the country that use credit or debit, they typically tip at a median of 20% when dining, which it leads the country. Um, Democrats, Southerners, and cash users usually settle around 15%. 27% um, of hotel customers always tip their housekeeper. I know I don't very often. 29% of visit coffee shops always tip. So if I'm at one or two times a week of seven-day weeks. I get coffee every day, y'all. I'm probably right around there. 
And 67% always tip their hairstylist and barber, which I do. I definitely tip my stylist. Um, it's, a, it's a very interesting study that they did. So once again, if you want to see more about some facts around the most common types of tipping, who's good at, who does the most generous, etc., cnbc.com, Berkeley Loveless Jr., are you a cheapskate is the, is the topic at hand. Finally, suppose this is a 2021 article, so the most current one I could find before the before 2022 starts. This is December 21, pretty pretty new. This is on bankrate.com, written by Libby Wells, and this is called entitled "The New Rules of Tipping." So buckle up, everybody. These are rules we are supposed to follow. Okay, number one, you for a wait staff at sit down restaurants, you should do 15 to 20 percent of the pre-tax bill. Um, you do not need to tip at fast food restaurants. Okay. I don't really do any of that. Um, delivery drivers. Okay. 10 to 15% of the bill is a standard tip. Well, I don't be giving Amazon people nothing, which I probably should. Uh, if they go above and beyond to get you essential supplies during a difficult time, you may tip 20 to 30%. For takeout food drivers, it should be at least 10% of the bill. I definitely tip Uber Eats and DoorDash, but that's because it's a, a click and in ease of use as I go through the app for it. Um, how much tip at hotels? Now get ready, I'm gonna give you a list here. Now I'm bad at this. Hotels, I get in and out, put the do not disturb sign on and get out. Um, this says, room service with, with, recruit, with gratuity on the bills, 10%. Room service without gratuity, you should do 20%. Somebody delivers you a toilet or a towel, three to five dollars. Five to ten dollars at a fancy hotel. If you're at a doorman, I, I don't. My Holiday Inn Express guys doesn't have a doorman very often. If he hails your cab, give him five to ten bucks. Even if the we, if the weather's bad, give him more. Um, housekeeping three to five per day for up to three people in a room. Ten dollars per day if you have more than that. Okay, here's some traveling suggestions. Once again, run the new rules of tipping. Bankrate.com by Libby Wells. Okay, travel tipping, cruise ships, they kind of vary among the lines. I've never been on a cruise, some of you might know. Airport curbside check-in, five bucks per bag. Airport shuttle bus drivers, now I take uh, park and fly a lot at PDX. They say three to five dollars. I don't usually do that. Limo drivers, 10 to 20 percent. Taxi drivers, 15 to 20. Uber or Lyft, 10 to 20 percent. Uh, weddings, do you guys tip at weddings? Even if it's open bar? I was just at a wedding. I didn't tip nobody. How much to tip at weddings? The wait staff, twenty to fifty dollars. Bartender, twenty dollars an hour. Uh, the DJ, fifty to one hundred and fifty. If you see if it's in the contract. The wedding planner, up to twenty percent of the cost. Okay. Hairstylist, barber, spa services. That's typically twenty to twenty-five percent tip. It's a good thing I don't go to spas very much. Funerals are on here. Depending on the type of funeral home or religious institution you go to, um, some do find it offensive, depending on their beliefs. But if there's not a set honorarium, you should tip the presiding official $50 to $250. Goodness gracious, what if the eulogy was trash? I don't know. At the end of the day, cardinal rules for tipping. Default on the side of generosity. Don't regard tipping as optional. Cash is not necessarily king, especially during the pandemic. Some people, some places were forbidding cash. So use credit cards, Venmo, that type of thing for tipping. There's a lot out there, folks. We've been on this for 20, 25 minutes about tipping. So I hope maybe one or two things you remember. 
Even if that's Kip didn't tip the AC furnace installation guy, maybe he should have, according to the furnace installation guy's body language. Uh, but we hope it was worth your time. Some of this in the, the cross the streams we've been having, I've been having a lot of fun deep diving and going on some research rants. It's a lot easier to do a podcast breaking down your research than it is to write a paper and turn it in. So this might be a new angle we're going on. Cross the streams. Content reminder. The opinions expressed on today's episode are those of the hosts and guests alone and should not be viewed as reflective of the opinions of the institutions or employers of the hosts and guests.